0: Welcome to Inner with Marianne Walker, certified life coach for the helpers, healers, and anyone who wants to up-level their life. Life is what you make it, and here, we make life pretty great. Come on in. Hi there, and welcome back. As you know, we have now officially wrapped up my three-part series on the Drama Triangle. Those have by far been my most popular episodes, so I strongly encourage you to go back and listen to those if you haven't already. I'm kind of picturing future episodes really building off of the things that we've learned there and really having that be just the the beginning of our discussion. So yeah, I'm looking forward to exploring that a bit more. Also, I just really love hearing from you. So if you want to reach out to me and let me know which points of the drama triangle uh, most stood out to you and how you've been navigating those things, I would love to hear. You can find me on Instagram or TikTok at MarianneWalker.life. And you can also find me on Facebook. Uh, Just go ahead and search Inner Work with Marianne Walker. It has the same name as this podcast. Now, if you think that you have been following me on Facebook, you probably were, but you're probably not following me now. (laughs) That previous page has been wiped clean. Uh, So yeah, come and look me up again and let's reconnect. I'd love to see you there. So today I wanted to talk briefly with you about something that shows up regularly with rescuer energy. And this is compassion fatigue and burnout. If you are a human being on this planet, which I'm pretty sure most of you are, (laughs) and especially if you are running rescuer or helper energy, you're probably very familiar with these two big emotions. And sometimes they creep in slowly and other times it's like, bam, there you go. Hey, just letting you know that you're overgiving again. So I'm just going to throw a kink in your day so you have no other choice but to slow down. And there are three main signs that we're going to be talking about today that will let you know when you may be experiencing some burnout and compassion fatigue. So number one is physical exhaustion. Number two is you're feeling more snippy or gossipy than usual. Maybe you're venting more to your uh, friends or coworkers. And number three, you're experiencing resentment. So first, let's talk about the physical exhaustion. This is always my first sign of burnout and and my first indicator that I've maybe bitten off more than I can chew. I'm just so physically drained. And while it generally shows up for me very physically when it first hits, it's often a sign that the mental and emotional fatigue is well on its way. So regularly tuning into your body to see what it needs can be very helpful here because if we can use these physical symptoms as a sign of overwhelm and address the need for rest early on, then it makes it more likely that we can self-regulate our overwhelm early on and avoid entering into these other phases of compassion fatigue and burnout altogether. Now, we've talked on previous episodes about how to do this, specifically on episode 12, Feeling on Purpose. So feel free to go back and listen there. But I wanted to kind of briefly summarize how to do this. So it can help to first identify and actually name the emotion that's coming up for us and get curious about what it's there to teach you. And if the underlying message that it's there to teach you is slow down or take a break, then more than likely you're experiencing burnout or compassion fatigue. And these are two emotions that we tend to resist admitting to ourselves because many people associate being burned out with not being enough right we have this belief that we should be able to do all of these things and so if we're feeling burned out it means that there's something inadequate about us so let me put that belief to rest right here and now you are 100 enough Even super amazing superhumans, like ones that listen to this podcast, get burned out sometimes. And it's learning how to navigate those emotions rather than resisting them that's going to help to get us through. So for example, many times, rather than addressing the physical fatigue, then we choose instead to ignore altogether or maybe buffer it away instead. And again, we also address buffering along with the emotional processing in episode 12. So I really strongly encourage you to go back and listen to that one. When we choose to buffer away our emotions, we're essentially choosing to numb or push them away. So for example, maybe we're over caffeinating and pretending that the fatigue is no big deal when it shows up. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not condemning caffeine. We all have days where we're just a little bit tired, but there is a big difference between being tired because maybe we stayed up a little bit later than usual and being tired because of overwhelm and checking in with yourself will help you to not be able to recognize the difference between the two of those because they need to be approached differently we may also be buffering by maybe grabbing a sugary snack to help us to power through uh, but again this is a form of buffering against our discomfort rather than actually processing the emotions and and allowing them to vibrate through us and overcome them so essentially when our body is expressing fatigue due to overwhelm our body is trying to say hey slow down turbo this is unsustainable for me and that is a very good message for you to to recognize in your body and when our body does give us that message we can choose to honor the need or we can choose to ignore it or buffer it away. So instead of buffering, use this as an opportunity to tap into your body and develop that relationship of trust with it. Let your body know, hey, I'm here for you and I'm going to fulfill these needs. So if your body says it needs rest, stop and give it a rest. All right, number two, you find that you're more sarcastic than usual, or maybe you're venting more than usual to your friends and coworkers. And maybe you're even ruminating in your mind a bit, thinking about all the things that you should be doing or all the things you shouldn't be doing. Or maybe you're thinking about the person that you're caring for and all the things that they should or shouldn't be doing. Or maybe it's all of the other people within your circle and the things that they should or shouldn't be doing, uh, but still not necessarily taking ownership of your contribution to the current situation or being proactive about filling your own Cup. So if you find that you're shooting a lot on yourself or on others just notice this and see if you can identify what the underlying need is because generally speaking there is an underlying need that is not being met. when we're shooting on ourselves it means that we are not honoring our own needs and if you're shooting on other people it means that you're trying to shift the blame and the responsibility for your overwhelm onto other people rather than proactively meeting your own needs. All right and then number three full-blown resentment. So let's kind of assume by this point that nobody has stepped in to rescue us. And now we're just mad at the world, right? We're mad at the person that we're helping. So we have some negative feelings there. We're not being a kind and compassionate caregiver like we'd like to be. um, And we're mad at them for needing our help. And we're making it their fault that we're burned out. And we're also mad at those that aren't dropping everything to jump in and rescue us as well, right? So we're kind of now running this victim energy. And at this point, then we're probably also starting to question ourselves, right? It's like, okay, how did I get here? Did I not communicate my needs clearly? And newsflash, you probably didn't. If people aren't helping and supporting, you probably have not articulated your needs in a way that is clear. I find, especially living here in the Midwest, people are pretty subtle when it comes to asking for help. It's not always clear. (laughs) And I find that people pleasers, especially, they're kind of a bit more passive in asking for help. And so practicing actually vocalizing your needs can be very helpful here. Or maybe at this point too, you also find that you're becoming the martyr and telling yourselves that we're the only ones that can do this job well. And this is another lie that we tell ourselves. While somebody else might not do the things in the way that we are used to having them done or in the way that we would prefer, there is generally always somebody else that could take over for a little bit. And also it's not usually the end of the world if everything on your to-do list doesn't get done. Oftentimes we put a disproportionate amount of weight and energy onto our to-do list when really it's not gonna be that big of a deal. If the dishes wait another day, if the laundry doesn't get hung up, it's going to be okay. And this is actually something I see a lot when I'm coaching on marital relationships. Uh, Like one spouse will be really burned out, but they keep burning the candle from both ends because they don't like how their spouse does it. And that is just exhausting. So let go of control a little bit be okay with not getting everything done or not having everything done in the way that you would do it, it's going to be okay. And this is where it can be helpful to look back on the drama triangle and ask yourself some questions to help to raise awareness. So for example, maybe you could ask the question, what is my contribution to this situation? What things are in my power to change? What is my need right now? And how can I best fulfill that need? Like maybe do I just need a day off? Do I need a nap? So being proactive about meeting our needs is truly the only way to get out of this burnout cycle. Now, I wanted to share a section of a chapter from a book that I just love. Like seriously, if you saw this book I'm holding in my hand right now, you would see all of the little tabs sticking out of the side. And I'm realizing I need to go and reread this book because it just had such impact on me the first time I read it. But the book is called Present Over Perfect, Leaving Behind Frantic for a Simpler, More Soulful Way of Living by Shauna Nyquist. And this is just a fantastic book. I will be posting a link in the show notes uh, so that you can get this over on Audible or on Amazon because seriously, this is a great read. So I'm just gonna read you a little section of it where she's talking about um, her own burnout. She says, I never know I need quiet and stillness until it's too late. Till the lack of stillness scrapes me raw. Henry was sick this weekend. And then just as soon as he was on the upswing, Aaron got sick. And then Monday morning, when I so desperately needed everybody to be better, all three woke up sick. A boogery little boy, a big boy with a big barking cough, Aaron chilled and feverish. I was furious. Furious with whom? I don't know. Because I can't help being sick but what I felt was trapped and angry. I didn't want to wipe another nose, fold another little set of pajamas, measure out another dose of Tylenol. I wanted to leave. Three sick boys dependent on me feels a little too much like the rest of life. I've spent a lifetime establishing my role as a responsible party. What that means is that I take care of it, and by it, I mean everything. I troubleshoot, multitask, strategize, especially in seasons when I travel a lot. When I'm home, I'm in the zone. New pants for Henry, diapers for Mac, permission slips and orthodontic appointments. If I'm honest, I overcompensate for my absences by trying to make my home time look spectacular. Look, I didn't miss a beat. Look, you've got everything you need and then some. Look, you didn't even notice I was gone. What with all the perfectly folded clothes and perfectly washed grapes and perfectly planned activities. I hate being gone, so I make sure that when I'm home, I am super home. Lots of homemade meals and clean closets as emphatically home as possible. And so on that first morning that Henry was sick, I was cleaning up from the party that we'd had the night before, 10 adults and 10 kids. I was unpacking our bags from our trip to South Haven the day before. I was laundering new bedding for Henry's room and stuffing a duvet into its new case, puttering around, putting things away. This is what I call fake resting. I'm wearing pajamas. The kids are watching cartoons, snuggling under their blankets, eating waffles. Aaron's reading her asleep. It looks like I'm resting too, but I'm not. I'm ticking down an endless list, sometimes written, always mental, getting things back into the right spots, changing the laundry, wiping down the countertops. Some might say this is being a mother or a homemaker, or this is what women have been doing for generations, tending to the home stuff while men and children go about their leisure. Maybe so, but this woman and mom is exhausted and tired of being exhausted. So I fake rested on Saturday and then again on Sunday The kids and Aaron napped, then played with Legos and went to bed early. They watched movies and ate leftover pumpkin pie. And I caught up on emails and ordered Christmas presents and cleaned out a closet and started packing for an upcoming trip. I fake rested instead of real rested. And that's when I found that I was real tired. I feel ludicrous to be a grown woman, a mother still learning how to rest. But here I am, baby stepping to learn something kids know intuitively. Part of being an adult is taking responsibility for resting your body and your soul. And part of being an adult is learning to meet your own needs, because when it comes down to it, with a few exceptions, no one else is going to do that for you. I just really love this book while she talks about the fake resting and the real resting. So often we like to pretend that we're actually getting rest. I love the visual of, well, it looks like I'm resting because I'm wearing my pajamas, but I'm still doing everything around the house. (laughs) And we trick ourselves often into thinking that we're getting real rest, but really taking the time to tune in with self and see, okay, what would really create rest for me? What would really create peace? I know that for me, um, my latest favorite thing is just to take a bath with all the lights out and then the only light is coming from candles. It's just kind of magical. I also got a gift from a girlfriend of mine where she actually gave me a light I can put in my bathtub. How fun is that? And it will light up in different colors and do, um, it'll like fade in and fade out or it might rotate between the colors and it just kind of helps to just make an extra cozy space. We oftentimes think that like we're relaxing when we're scrolling Facebook or binge watching something and it looks like we're resting because our body is still, but we're not actually resting because our brain is still super busy. So I want you to just kind of think about what is most fulfilling for you? Like for me, like I said, it's taking baths or I also really enjoy just spending time in nature, just being unplugged for a bit. Those are the things that actually fill my cup. You know, scrolling Facebook and pretending that I'm connecting with people when really I'm just looking at their highlight reel, that's not going to actually be fulfilling for me. But actually picking up the phone and calling someone or spending time with people face-to-face or spending time in nature, those are the things that are actually going to fill my cup. So one additional thought, oftentimes when we're feeling burnt out, um, it can be helpful to just remind ourselves the things that we have chosen to do, that these are things we did choose to do. Changing the I have to's, which is like a very common phrase with burnout. We tell ourselves, we or rather we lie to ourselves that we have to do everything. Uh, but if we can shift that into I choose to's, it can be very helpful. So for example, you can change, I have to go to work today to I'm choosing to work today. Or change, I have to have this uncomfortable conversation to, I'm choosing to have this conversation and I'm embracing all the emotions that come with it. Or maybe changing, I have to take care of everyone else to, I am choosing to take care of everyone. Knowing that you're actively choosing into the things that you're doing can help to shift a lot of emotions because truly we don't have to do anything. We are choosing to do the things that we are doing. Now, we all experience burnout. It is just a part of life. So this week, be curious about how and where burnout and compassion fatigue are showing up for you and be curious about what the first sign or symptom is. Be curious about the things that are and are not in your control. Be curious about what things might actually fill your cup. What, how might you get true rest rather than fake resting and be honest about what it is that you have to do versus the things that you are choosing to do. And of course, if you would like some more support around your own burnout, you can come and visit me, right? We can coach on it together. (laughs) So you can come and find me at MarianneWalker.life and book your appointment there. And also just a reminder, my group coaching program might be a great fit for you if you are someone who regularly is running this rescuer energy. Uh, So there'll be some more information on that after the show. So keep listening for that. I hope you have a wonderful week and let's talk soon. Love you. Bye now. Are you a helper, a healer, a people pleaser, or a sensitive soul? Are you somebody who reliably shows up in amazing ways to support others, but also find yourself feeling unfulfilled? In relationships, do you find that there's an imbalance between the giving and receiving? As a helper myself, I know the feeling of burnout and compassion fatigue well. And I also know how much the world needs what it is that you have to offer. I have made it my life's mission to make loving and serving more sustainable for you the helper, and the healer. And because of this, I want to personally invite you to my Compassionate Souls group coaching course. Starting Tuesday, February 7th, we will meet weekly as a group to learn how to stand in our own power through setting healthy boundaries, expressing wants and wishes unapologetically, letting go of our manuals for ourselves and others, taking ownership of our thoughts and feelings and what it is that they're creating for us, and all while learning to live life more intentionally. These six weeks will include both education and group coaching. So if you've been enjoying this podcast and want to see how coaching can help you with your specific situation, I highly encourage you to take advantage of this amazing offer. I'm currently offering the six-week package for the price of just two private sessions with me. I cannot guarantee that you will ever see this price again because honestly, the value for this is so great. So if this is something that resonates with you, act now to secure your seat. Registration is open now through January 31st and class starts February 7th. You can register online at MarianneWalker.life. The world desperately needs what it is that you have to offer. Let's make your level of loving and serving more sustainable for you. I'll see you there.